WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire. Download the free local news app today. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. A state representative who's a former school resource officer is frustrated that a school safety package of bills has not been adopted. State Representative Mike Harris of Waterford says the bills came from a bipartisan task force that House Republicans created after the Oxford High School shooting. I thought we had a great package put together, and it is once once this package was done, all of a sudden it just sat for a year dormant. Meanwhile, you know, we've had things like the MSU shooting. Harris says he's hopeful the bills, which would require more training for school resource officers and promote student mental health, will be approved still. He says it would be a shame if the package is held up for political reasons. It turns out drivers in the St. Joseph area have lots of thoughts about how Main Street downtown can be improved. The Michigan Department of Transportation has closed its survey seeking public input on the reconstruction project planned for M63 from Central Avenue to the Blossom Land Bridge and the I-94 Business Loop to the Bicentennial Bridge. St. Joseph Mayor Brooke Thomas tells us they got more responses than expected. They were hoping to get about 100 surveys back, and last I heard it was maybe over 800 surveys. The community is excited about this, I can tell. There's a lot of input. I think there's going to be really amazing things happening in downtown, through that main street. It's going to take a couple years, but I think it'll be beautiful once it's all done. Thomas says she's heard plenty of complaints about that section of the street. MDOT has no design for the work yet, so those who made suggestions could really have made a difference. The survey closed February 16th. The reconstruction project is slated for 2027. The Salvation Army of Niles will soon begin work on a new building. The organization has operated out of its former church on 15th Street for decades, and it has been working for about 15 years to acquire a new home. A fundraising effort ended last year with $3.8 million collected, and now they're getting ready to start construction. The Salvation Army says a new facility will better enable it to help those in need find hope and dignity. The new building will be at 1707 Miller Drive in Niles. It'll include a commercial kitchen, educational spaces, a dining room, offices, a chapel, and storage. The Salvation Army is still raising money for additional features and furniture, and anyone who wants to help can do so by contacting them. A groundbreaking ceremony for the new building will be held March 19th. It's hoped the building will be finished by the end of the year. Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib is urging Democrats in Michigan to vote uncommitted in the presidential primary election rather than voting for President Joe Biden. It's Tlaib's latest rebuke of the Biden administration's handling of the war between Israel and Hamas. It's also important to create a voting block, something that is a bullhorn to say enough is enough. We don't want a country that supports wars and bombs and destruction. We want to support life. We want to stand up for every single life. 32 state and local officials, including state lawmakers, have pledged to vote uncommitted on the Democratic primary ballots. Early voting is now open in Michigan, and the primary will be on February 27th. The Caring Connection Empowerment Center will benefit from a give-back night at Plank's Tavern in St. Joseph next month. Amanda Hirsch with the Caring Connection Auxiliary tells us the Empowerment Center, previously known as the Carol Lamping Center, it's a domestic violence shelter for women and their children seeking to escape a bad situation. This is an emergency shelter, so people can go directly there to get the resources that they need and to find safety. The Caring Connection Empowerment Center gets around 75 to 100 calls per month, and it's often full. It costs about $800,000 a year to run. Some women stay there for as long, long as 90 days. So Planks is donating a portion of its food sale proceeds on March 10th to the center. They've been incredibly generous with us, and it's 50% of the food bill that will be going directly to benefit those families and better their lives. 
Hearst says anyone can dine at Planks between 4 p.m. and 8 p.m. on March 10th, and 50% of their purchase will go to the Empowerment Center. That also applies to takeout. However, reservations are required. Just call Planks to make one if you'd like to help. The Great Lakes region has experienced record low ice cover this winter, and scientists say it's important to keep an eye on the warming trends. Ice cover on the Great Lakes currently accounts for just 2.9% compared to the historic average of 38% for this time of year. University of Michigan research scientist Ayumi Fujisaki Manomi says that the main reasons for less ice are the current El Nino weather pattern and the warm phase of the North Atlantic Oscillation, both of which are preventing cold air from reaching the Great Lakes region. She says winter recreation is certainly affected, but there's a greater impact. People have to be more careful with such um, hazardous conditions. Even if we are getting warmer and having less ice, we're still subject to dangerous weather conditions such as lake effect snowstorm or freezing rain, which is more dangerous. Fujisaki Minomi says those year-to-year variations are occurring on top of the longer-term warming trend and that all these are extreme weather patterns to keep an eye on. The lack of ice cover is good for shipping, but not so good for fish species that rely on ice to protect their eggs. And coming up soon will be auditions for the Citadel Dance and Music Center's production of Mean Girls. Citadel Director of Dance Lori Lawrence-Gist tells us this is a junior edition of the show, so they're seeking performers of any skill level between the ages of 9 and 18. This is the first musical to be put on in the Benton Harbor Theater. Guess says it took them a little while to decide on which musical to stage first. We thought the age group that it's geared toward for the junior version and the students that we already have and the students that we hope to attract to the program, we thought it would be something edgy and that they would really jump at. Lawrence Guess says they need both girls and boys. In particular, what she's looking for are those young people interested in not only being in a show, but also learning all about musical theater. The whole purpose of our doing a musical at the Citadel is to further the education. You know, a lot of community theaters, you can get involved and you can do the show, and that's so much fun. But you don't always get the education component. Those who are selected for Mean Girls will take a musical theater class at the Citadel. It'll meet once a week starting in April. The bulk of the production will be staged in June. It'll be performed June 28th and 29th. The auditions will be March 9th, and you can sign up at the website of the Citadel Dance and Music Center. We'll have a QR code to do so at our website. WSJM News Now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News now continues. Ahead of Robert Hoare's expected testimony before lawmakers next month, House Republicans are hoping to learn more from the Justice Department about the special counsel's probe of President Biden's handling of classified documents. Hoare determined earlier this month prosecutors would not be able to prove Biden's guilt beyond a reasonable doubt. ABC's Stephen Portnoy is more from Washington. Among other things, House Republicans are seeking recordings of President Biden's interview with the special counsel and communications between the White House and the Justice Department in the lead-up to the Her Report's release. In a letter reviewed by ABC News, the Justice Department says it's working expeditiously to respond to the Republicans' requests. But first, DOJ says it will have to consult with the White House and others in the executive branch to determine whether any confidentiality interests might be asserted. Gaza's health ministry says more than 29,000 Palestinians have been killed in the territory since the start of the Israel-Hamas war. The ministry in Hamas-ruled Gaza said Monday 107 bodies were brought to hospitals in the last 24 hours. That brings the total number of fatalities to 29,092 since the start of the war. The ministry does not distinguish between civilians and combatants in its records, but says most of those killed were civilians. 
The war began when Hamas-led militants stormed into southern Israel from Gaza on October 7th, going on a rampage, killing 1,200 people and taking around 250 hostages. Meanwhile, President Biden is not giving up on brokering a Gaza ceasefire and hostage release deal between Israel and Hamas. Even after talks last week in Cairo had broken down, Special Envoy Brett McGurk will head to Egypt this week and likely make a stop in Jerusalem as well. Major gaffes remain with Hamas and willing to relinquish control over the Gaza Strip in Israel and willing to exceed what it calls delusional Hamas demands, including releasing tens of thousands of jailed Palestinians. One of Israel's war cabinet generals took a tough stance in the hopes of reaching a deal before Ramadan. More from ABC's Jordana Miller in Jerusalem. Israeli war cabinet general Benny Gantz threatening Hamas, giving it a deadline to turn over the 132 Israeli hostages. Gantz warning Hamas it has until the start of Ramadan, that is about three weeks, to release the hostages or face a military assault in Rafah. Gantz has pledged to safely evacuate Gazans before a major operation. His threat appears aimed at pressuring Hamas to soften its negotiating position and keep hopes alive of a hostage release deal before the Muslim holy month. Jordana Miller, ABC News, Jerusalem. The Palestinian foreign ministers accused Israel of apartheid and urged the top UN court to declare Israel's occupation of lands sought for a Palestinian state illegal. The Palestinians say any hope for a two-state future will die if this continues. The allegation came at the start today of historic hearings into the legality of Israel's 57-year occupation of land sought for a Palestinian state. The case stands against the backdrop of the Israel-Hamas war, and it immediately became a focal point of the day. The Palestinian foreign minister told the court that, quote, 2.3 million Palestinians in Gaza, half of them children, are besieged and bombed, killed and maimed, starved and displaced. Former President Donald Trump is still fending off a primary challenge from his former U.N. ambassador, Nikki Haley. However, he's dominating in the polls and sounding more and more every day like a general election candidate, not someone who's vying for his party's nomination. ABC's Jay O'Brien has more. Former President Donald Trump's lead more than doubling Nikki Haley in South Carolina polls, according to polling averages compiled by ABC's partners at 538. South Carolina is Nikki Haley's home state. Here she is at a campaign event this weekend. Everybody's telling me, why don't you just get out? I will never give up. Meantime, former President Trump spent part of Saturday at SneakerCon in Philadelphia, selling $400 Trump-branded shiny gold sneakers. Jay O'Brien, ABC News, Washington. A suburban Minneapolis community was in mourning after authorities said two police officers and a firefighter were killed by a heavily armed man who shot at them from inside a home that was filled with children. Officials say the suspect in the shooting also died. The shooting in Burnsville also wounded a third officer. Seven children were inside the home, but officials say the family was able to leave the home safely. Hundreds of people gathered in front of the Burnsville City Hall on Sunday night for a candlelit vigil to remember the victims. President Biden spoke to reporters outside the White House today, taking questions about the death of Russian dissident Alexei Navalny, an aide to Ukraine. ABC's Karen Travers is more. President Biden was asked Monday if he would meet with House Speaker Mike Johnson. Johnson wants a one-on-one meeting with the president to find a way forward to give aid to Ukraine, Israel, and Taiwan and address border security. But the White House has questioned the value of that meeting, saying Johnson is holding up legislation that passed with bipartisan support in the Senate and demanding the same kind of border deal he killed earlier this month. Karen Travers, ABC News, Washington. The widow of Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny has vowed to continue his fight against the Kremlin. Meanwhile, authorities denied his mother access to a morgue where his body is believed to be held after his death last week in an Arctic penal colony. 
In a video posted on social media Monday, the wife accused Russian President Vladimir Putin of killing her husband in the remote prison. An alleged official's refusal to hand over the body to her, her mother-in-law was part of a cover-up. Russian authorities said the cause for the death Friday at age 47 is still unknown. The results of any investigation are likely to be questioned abroad. Many Western leaders have already said they hold Putin responsible for the death. And when you can't use FedEx, why not use a drone? As it turns out, that can get you arrested, especially if you're trying to deliver drugs to a federal prison. Or if maybe sees Andy Field. Outsiders find many ways to smuggle drugs into prison, but few have tried using a drone. West Virginia's McDowell County Police just arrested 11 people for trying to do that. One suspect fled, was later found dead. Guards say they noticed a number of drones flying near the prison. They eventually found the pilots and their illegal drug payload. Many will end up behind the prison walls they were trying to fly over. Andy Field, ABC News, Washington.